0: Thanks for tuning in. Before we start the show, we have an announcement to make. We got gear for you. Yeah, due to popular
1: demand, we've got some proper nice T-shirts with our famous logo on the front. We've even got two style of caps. We've got the trucker cap and the best-selling lazy slouch adjustable cap. And more importantly, we've got a beer mug, a whiskey glass, and a coffee mug to go. So you can be listening to our podcast no matter what you're doing whether you're having a cigar at night or you're on your way to work. So you can pick
0: up whatever you like there. Mike, where can they find it? All you got to do is go to freakstrength.com slash shop. Freakstrength.com. Click on the shop. Once you click on shop, pictures are going to show up of our merchandise. Click those pictures right there. There you have it. Mike and Brooker show merchandise right there. Scroll right down. Order whatever you can to support the show. Show everyone that you are avid listeners of the Mike and Brooker show.
1: Yeah. Show, your, show yourself as an original disciple of the show. And guys, we just want to thank you once again for the love and support. It means the world to us, but in order for us to keep doing this, we need to keep receiving feedback. So no matter what it is, good, bad, or ugly, we're open to everything. We want to keep delivering the best information possible. So thanks once again for all the love and we hope to hear from you soon.
0: Thanks guys. And we are rolling. All right. We got, we got my boy, Kevin Love, the Kevin Love, Mr. Fucking, how you doing, Kevin Love? Uh, Rocking his Stone Cold shirt. We're rocking our matching Stone Cold shirts together.
1: Tweedledum and Tweedledee over here.
2: (laughs) It's a gimmick to get people, more
0: people to tune in.
1: We need it. We need all the help we can get right
0: now, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bro. So have you seen any podcasts yet?
2: have i seen any yeah no i have i think you, you sent me i mean listen you sent them all like you're an incredibly thorough person just keep the core so um i'm not gonna say i've watched them in their entirety but yeah I've, I've watched you know quite a bit so i'm you know i'm always curious what especially when something's starting out new like what i'm gonna be into what i can learn and from you guys especially like knowing you guys the past couple of years just like trying to pick people's brains in a space i want to know more about like my curiosity i've always thought is my weapon and i know that i'm never going to know everything i don't pretend to be an expert so i want to listen to the people that in this
0: space know much more than me so it's yeah it's interesting Mm. so i'm going to dive right into this shit um what was it like for you growing up at what point did you know i mean dude you're, you're almost a guaranteed hall of famer right gold medal nba championship you know, it, it, it's, you were player of the year in high school. Were you, were you player of the year in college or some shit like that? Like what, what, what did you get in college? Prep All-American? Yeah, oh, yeah I was, yeah. First team, first team All-American. Right. Like at what point did you know, like, man, like I, I could pull this shit off. I can do this.
2: So <clears throat> I have two answers to that. When I was, re- like, when I was really young, it's funny. Like, uh, funny, like you've met Ernie, right? Mm-hmm. And, like his, his family, like the whole Italian thing is all, like, yeah but I don't so I remember his dad drove me home we live right next to each other He's my best friend and he asked me and he had been around hall of famers as well he had um you know coached and played with uh blazers former blazers and like everybody up and down the west coast so he was driving me home from like my first day of preschool so the community arts preschool with Ernie right and he goes well what do you want to be when you grow up and I, he never I mean, he's always telling this story about me saying, well, I'm going to be in the NBA like my dad was. Like, I always had it in my mind. That was always my one track. That was always my North Star. I always had blinders on. Like, that was my singular focus. But I didn't really, it wasn't until I was in ninth grade. So it was my freshman year of high school. I was like, I'm for sure, you know, g- God forbid, any injuries, any setbacks like this, I'm making it to the NBA. And I, just, I just had this feeling. I knew that I was going to be tall. Uh, you know, athletic genes on both sides of the family, um, and I just had the skills, the footwork, and honestly, the the drive and the work ethic to to want to be, you know, in a certain place. I even I brought this out the other day. I was doing a speech, a commencement speech, and I brought it in here. This is from high school, and it's the USA Today like all American team, and I was player of the year, and. Uh, this guy that for the USA Today, I don't see his name on here, but he would asked me, he said, you know, wh- wh- where do you want to be in 10 years? And my answer was, um, where did it go? Enjoying a successful career in the NBA and having won an NBA championship. And literally like nine years after that came out, I, you know, won an NBA championship and it was cool. So like I, like I said, I had the foresight, but for me, I was like, this, this is how I'm going to get there, setting the goals. And you have to have a little bit of luck as well.
0: Yeah. So, so knowing that when you were younger and realizing it as a freshman, right, we had, we had Devin McCourty on, uh, we just released his episode and he had talked about, you know, possibly not even playing for Rutgers by the time he was a, a sophomore. um and it was and he didn't even get recruited really by anyone at a high school this guy's a first round draft pick ended up you know he's a he's a possible hall of famer guys won three super bowls five appearances like Uh, he's a stud mm -hmm. um and he had no idea really until his junior year that like holy shit i can i can make this happen right but he still worked his ass off the whole time now knowing and and i know you now now for those of you that that don't know uh, about Kevin's work ethic. I mean, this guy's virtually second to none. Uh, everything I do, and, and he's got like a compulsive personality in certain things that if I tell him that this is on the list today, he has to accomplish it. So I intentionally do not tell him what we're doing throughout the day. That way it doesn't make him feel like I have to do this and I'm cheating myself, right? So knowing that there's certain things and knowing your personality and what it takes to actually succeed at a high level what was your work ethic like when you were younger? Like at what point were you ever slacking off? And then at what point did you like, holy shit, like I got to put this together. What was it like for you growing up and and knowing this type of pressure to put on yourself?
2: Well, two things. I was very fortunate to have the presence of mind when I was young. Um, it's because I was so focused on on basketball and attaining those goals was like, I looked at my dad and saw like the success and the failures he had and was able to you know kind of see how that pendulum would swing and weigh all of those and say, "Okay, I can learn from all of that." And my dad was good about that too. like he was he was a driving force uh, for me, but also, you know my again, I get back to my best friend, like his his grandfather he's fifth generation italian uh American, and he he uh his family just worked so incredibly hard so being around that all the time and just immersing myself in like that culture and that family i just wanted to like i wanted to be a part of it i wanted to um work harder because of them like even i told ernie this before is like um i think you do this for a lot of your friends and the people you're around like i i work and i you know want to prove myself because i I want you guys to be proud of me like it's almost like a, a large part of me is doing it for them right Mm -hmm. Um, but no I think uh, the work ethic was just always there for me but until I had somebody say hey listen like this this is how you do certain things because I needed fine-tuning I didn't know how to like lift weights I didn't know uh, you know how to take care of my body even it's something that I learned when I got to the NBA better as well didn't learn how to eat better until this time Uh, but in high school I, I needed to learn how to lift And I was very thankful that I was playing travel basketball and I had the opportunity to work with a guy named Jason Fawcett in in Portland, Oregon, who uh, my last two years of high school uh, was working with me five, six days a week, training, conditioning, doing all of that. So I was, I was, uh, I always had it there. I just needed a little bit of help. Because if you can always, I can, I can ignite the flame, but I need somebody to like, you know wafted to make it you know mm-hmm. maybe for me it was it was it was always there for me but it's always great it's different when like I'm working out solo as opposed to like us being in the gym because there's just like that much more focus there's that you know less amount of lag time in between sets it's hey we're on the clock and I'm so you know I'm like that I'm OCD mm-hmm. I have to get everything done if we leave something out I'll feel like I didn't get the best out of that day and that'll you know mentally fuck me up so it's always been there but it's been needed to be fine-tuned um, even throughout my entire career I just abruptly craziest thing side note my 12th year just finished like out of nowhere right like this is an unprecedented year for a lot of people but it's it's crazy because the average lifespan of an NBA player is a little over four years and I'm just like boom games taken away from you like that and 12 years in it's just it's really wild.
1: And talking about you being 12 years in, I mean, how are you feeling in general? Are you still, are you feeling healthy? Are you feeling motivated? Are you excited
2: still? Um, I mean, super motivated, super excited. I, you know, I I think in, there's times in your career where you try to um, either accumulate certain things or you try to, you know, reach certain milestones or accolades. And for me, I think, especially get with Mike and you guys have talked about this, um, and you you were there. I mean, when, when I first got there, like, my back, especially when I got to the the calves too, like, it was my knee. There was someone with my knee and my back. And I think that, like, unilaterally was throwing me off. And just how we had worked even the first three weeks uh, got me really excited for what the possibilities were. And I think that gives me a lot of energy as well. Because if you've ever had an injury or a, a, something nagging or even – I'll take the back, for instance. Like, I've seen my dad uh, deal with it his entire life. Like, it's, it can make you very, very depressed, and your body can yeah. heal your mind. So for me, it was like getting out of bed and, you know, having to take so long to get my back right, or I'd have spasms, or I'd have things like that. Like, I really needed to... Uh, you know, work and work differently. But I think that really inspired me to achieve more, to to, to be more, play as long as I possibly can. Because uh, as Mike knows, like, I'm going to squeeze everything out of this that I possibly can. If I can add more years onto my career, like, that gets me going. And he knows, like, I've invested so much in every modality and, and you know, something for my body away from the court that, you know, I'm hopefully allowing myself to slow down the burning of that candle at both ends, but still, so much to uh, so much to do, so much to you know, love to win another championship, potential uh, U.S. gold medal uh, next year if the <laughs> Olympics do happen. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of a lot of things there, team wise, and then individually. I think I, I kind of see and feel where I'm at at the beginning of the year, and then set goals. But twelfth year I just ended. You know, I don't know what thirteen is going to be, but I'm sure we'll map those out.
0: So, so, so taking it back again, your schedule, right? When when you were younger, playing basketball was how did how, did you look at that? As basketball was fun, basketball was a job, basketball was both because you knew this was number one, this was your goal. Number two this was a meal ticket right like you saw the potential i mean your dad was in the nba so you knew what could happen and now the way the league was growing as well like what the potential could possibly be i mean could you have imagined that it would be like this but i mean you saw like this is this is like your way to take care of the people that you love right like what what was your schedule like what was what was your your work ethic like when when you were younger and you would realize, like, shit, like, I gotta, I can start making money from this. Like, what, what did that turn into to you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the number one motivating factor for me was, um, and really s- still is, is, you know, centered around that idea of, of, of family, but not only blood, it's like loyalty. Those that have been loyal to me, it's like, what they say, blood makes you related, loyalty makes you family. Like, I, I really do. Uh, believe that so like that I've been a person who hasn't let a lot of people in in my life but you know those who are around me like you know they know that I have so much love for them I would take a bullet for them right but my my main motivator was and the only route I really saw to, to happiness in my life was to, to make it to the NBA and to financially take care of my family and you know those close around me like that was the only route that I saw and I don't know it's crazy like I didn't really have um I didn't really have a backup plan at all so that that was really I mean it drove me and drove me and drove me and drove me. So I was like, if I just keep achieving, if I just keep on this straight and narrow path, like I can, there's so much that that I can do and my, that, you know, sole purpose of just making it probably isn't gonna be enough, but we'll deal with that when we get there. So for me early on, it was just that that um, motivating factor, like I said, of, of those close to me and, and, you know, making it and making them proud, but also financially taking care of them.
1: And on that path to the NBA, before you got there and you got the big, you know, payday, what was the biggest challenge that you faced or what did you have to overcome? Did you have any, any big adversity that you had to get over?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you had, honestly, I, I don't think, you have to have adversity, right? Like there has to be adversity. And for me, it's it's. I mean, been been dealing with injuries, and also, uh, you know, losing teammates, or um, you know, just having absolute turmoil and chaos, depending on the situation, the team, things like that. Uh, and I had I had injuries when I was young too. I think that's a. I've always had the right minds and I don't I I think it's something that you can learn as well but you have to look at you have to attack and reassess when you have injuries it's like so many people like ah shit I had this injury and you know I'm not going to get to where I want to be or this year's a wash or anything but you have to look at it as opportunity and for me I'd always look at it like okay how can I get better you know in my my brain and watch more film or how can I break down film who do I need to watch do I need to like you know for me it was do I need to watch more you know Shaq or Charles but like all these guys that we see on TV uh, commentating now I need to watch more of them I need to you know watch film 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 so I was like dialed in on that early on and I reassessed my body I said what does the rest of my body need in order to like even itself out and um, that was you know if I had more time I could think of, of, of more things but that's what sticks out to me is like just even if it's a little nagging injuries, just taking a step back and saying, okay, what do I need? How am I going to pass this mirror test? So that when I get on the court, nobody can, nobody can stop me. Nobody can mess with me.
0: It's cool. What was your motivating factor when you were on the court? Like when, when you, when you step on the court, what did you think? Like, you know how Jordan sit there and he, he just find an enemy and he would just abuse his enemy. You know, what, what was it for you? I mean, when, when I played baseball, I mean, I wasn't like, yo, I'm going to fucking kill this guy in front of me. Like, you know, not, not everyone's like that. I just like hitting the shit out of the ball. Like that was fun to me. I couldn't wait for my next step bat. Like what, what motivated you?
2: I think continuing to add to my game, knowing that's what makes it fun. Like in anything in life that you can get better like every day, or you can get smarter or you can have better footwork. If you lose athleticism, like we've seen a lot of great players do that. Like move out to the three point line. Like I, have I've done it. Thankfully, I had a father who played in the NBA who also had the foresight to look at guys that were seven feet tall or, you know, six, eight, all the way to seven feet tall, stepping out and shooting threes, like at a very, um, you know, high, high clip. But um, for me, walking onto the court, r- really win, lose, or draw, depending on how I played, I just wanted people to to you know, be playing the Timberwolves or be playing the Cavs or UCLA or my high school traveling team or my high school team uh, in Lake Oswego and say, look and say, oh, man, like, this we yeah, I got to play this guy tonight. Like, just be, you know, like, th- there's certain players where you're just like, this guy's relentless. I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get put on the ground. I'm going to have a tough night. I'm going to get exhausted. It's going to be like, you're going to have to battle if you're going to play against me. And that that was that was what I wanted, just strictly, mindset it wasn't like I'm putting up 30 and 20 on this guy happened it happened but <laughs> for me I just wanted the people to be like oh man like I'm gonna have my hands full tonight like I'm like I just that idea it's like almost it's like I mentioned uh, Charles Barkley just really quick but like I can imagine people walk into the game against him and he's just he's just relentless he's just non-stop and people he rubbed people the wrong way because of that but I was just and that, that helped me early on because the way that I gained minutes early in my career was to rebound. And, you know, for being 6'9, 6'8, 6'9, 6'10, like rebounding the basketball for me at, at that size, especially because at my position, power forward, and then you look at center, it just could, like, the average height of a power forward now is like 6'10. So it's big, really big. So I'm like right on the cusp and I was like, I'm just going to rebound to be absolutely relentless on the offensive and defensive boards and that is how I'm going to get my playing time and that's also going to allow me to, to kind of have that bravado and mindset that, hey, people are going to hate playing against me and that's, a, that's like a huge, huge advantage. They know that they're going to have to bring it.
1: Mm. and so how do you sort of prepare yourself to get yourself into that mind, mind, mindset is it or does it automatically happen just because of the repetition of you doing it or do you have a certain routine or ritual
2: that you do before you go out always routines and my it's funny because my rituals are are more recovery based like things that are like almost you know you know like uh you know, they're obviously they're, they're, they're therapy, but it's just like, it's almost like a spiritual thing for me, the ritual. Mm. And that's like taking care of my body so that I can go do it again. But I'm so, that's why this, you know, COVID-19 has been so crazy because I'm such a creature of habit. Like Mike said, like I, if, if, if I write things down, like I, you know, I have to do them. I have to check it off. I have to get it done. So like being a creature of habit and having routine is what I've based, you know, everything leading up to my performance on so like everything and if it if, if something gets knocked off or or uh it's not punctual it's not like right on time i've allowed myself to g- give a little bit of a break because i've always had that perfectionist mentality but just having that routine i think is so key and such an advantage and such a weapon because i was like if i if i'm able to get all of these things done uh in order to get my body right it's going to give me energy it's going to keep my mind right and i've just always always had that the only limiting factor there would be if I'm you know dealing with a a, a nagging injury or something of that sort but if I feel good I'm good to go
1: and even still say you got like I mean of course you're never completely fit when you go out right right just due to the nature of it or you couldn't sleep the night before because of whatever how then do you ramp yourself up do you you know you give yourself a, a little slap you look yourself in the mirror like what do you do to you know, to get yourself wired up? Or are you not a sort of very uh, aggressive type guy? Do you just sort of get into the zone by playing?
2: It depends because if I'm on the way to a game, like a lot of people listen to like their, and I used to do this too, like, and it worked for me. Like my, hy- my hyped up music, I would listen to everything I was, you know, growing up. And that would get me super hyped to play. It'd be everything from like hip hop to, to like Nirvana and heavy metal. Like we <laughs> I mean- Mike, you know that we live, We listen to all sorts of of music depending on the day because it's so like, you know, it's such a, a mood thing. In order to get the best out of yourself, having music in my family, I've always had that be part of my, you know, routine or leading up to a game, even post-game. post, you know, post game. And that that allows me to like, but I listen to a lot softer stuff now leading up to about 30 minutes on the clock. You know, I have my little uh, caffeine. I do my breathing exercise. Um You know, I've tried to meditate a lot more, even if it's, like, you know, two, three, four, five minutes of just, like, deep, deep breathing, getting that energy right, you know, taking my mind off of things in order to hone it back in. But there's different ways that, um, uh, and, you know, I will typically, especially during the season, I'll ask Mike and say, hey, listen, like, you know, my legs are shot right now. And he'll give me, you know, this is what we're going to do. Or we need we need extra time to warm up. You don't need to be shooting shots, you know, out there because your game's tight right now. How's your game feeling? So, like, a lot of questions, a lot of answers, a lot of back and forth, a lot of communication. And I think that helps. And more so than just, like, hey, we have, this is our routine. This is what we're going to do. These are the different exercises. This is, you know, X, Y, and Z how much you need to do. Like, I think it's a form of almost therapy in that way. And performance, uh, enhancing performance is, like, hey, you know, you know, we trust in, in the work we've put in. We trust in, you know, what we've, what we've done and built up to, to this point. And I think that allows for, for, for confidence and say, okay, I got this, no matter how I'm feeling.
1: Sure, sure. It's actually been so nice because, I mean, obviously I was out there when you and Mike first met each other. And uh, just to say as well, I've always been out there, Mike, when you've got your big clients that come through, right? and uh <laughs> mr lucky <You're laughs> exactly close. mr lucky and um one of the things that was really nice was to see that sort of relationship build between the two of you and obviously it's just taken it's has gone to new heights what's some of the things that mike's really taught you or added to your not just to, to your game but maybe to your health like what's how's the experience been with with this prick
2: <laughs> uh it's been great i mean obviously um like i was saying earlier like came in with like a nagging back injury i wasn't able to move uh freely and then i think just like opening up my chest and my back and my hips and just that attention to detail and it's it's more than just uh you know it's more than just training like i mentioned mentioned that relentless curiosity like we you know seldom uh, you know outside of of you know, we, obviously during the summer and, and, and during the season, we have to check in uh, when it comes to, you know, working and performance and how I'm feeling that day. But, like, we just pick each other's brains about everything. And I, what I love most about Mike, and I hate that he's listening to this right here, but he knows this. Like, if he, if he doesn't know something, first of all, he's very fucking opinionated. But if he doesn't know something, he will make sure that he gets it right. He will. He will fact check. He will make sure that everything is is spot on. Because first of all, he has to be right. It's just who he is. But he will go at whatever length. He will go whatever length in order to fact check and make sure that something's right. And that applies to everything we do with the body as well. So I think that attention to detail is huge it's paramount in in everything that that he does and in that line of work I I believe truly believe that you need that so I think it's allowed me to be more attention to detail as well and I have to be a I'm like a shit communicator especially when you're not like living in the same area as me you could ask my friends like that live in Portland they're like hey bro like can you text back it's been three days like it's just you're not in my daily life it's typically hard for me to like have that so I've tried to uh, a lot of the time to be a better communicator and I think that has, has truly helped as well. But I mean, I don't think we have enough time here on the show to like break down exactly what you know we had done because we do we do testing, we do um, you know uh, you know a ton of a lot of variables in, in the work that we do. Uh, a lot of like you know trying to get my my true for like my true running form right because I've been such a plotter my whole career. And all of this, everything that we work towards is trying to, yeah, get the most out of right now, but like elongate my career so that I can play as long as I want to and feel good. Because we say, as so long as I'm feeling good and I can shoot and I can rebound, you're going to stay in this league. And you know that that I think has been the idea from us, idea for us from day one is like how how long can we like how much can we get out of this?
1: Sure. Yeah. Technically, you should keep getting better. If your body's
2: good because you're getting wiser at the game exactly you get wiser you learn to use your your head more you break down more film but also i've always if i th- if i feel good i'm gonna perform well i mean i think that's part of it and we you know we do we, do, we look good too but, we, <laughs> but i truly believe like if i'm if i'm feeling good like in my, my my legs feel good but like i'm i'm just loose all the way through i'm gonna go out there and have even that much more energy to go out there and perform because i think it's it is very limiting and, and especially you're traveling to different time zones your circadian rhythms off you might have not gotten the best night's sleep or your inflammation's way up or you had a hard practice that day and you're going into a back-to-back like stuff stuff like that it's like there's so much there that can throw off you feeling even okay but we've manipulated and found uh different ways to you know kind of combat that even if it's you know, uh, really we've messed a lot with, with sleep. You know, he introduced me to uh, Harpreet and and everybody at aura ring. Like I, I am religious with how, um, you know, I wear that ring every single night and we, especially during the season, if you would have done it last night, it would have been sure. Actually I got decent REM sleep, but, um, Every night during the during the season, pretty much every single night, unless it's like an off day or whatever, we we are tracking sleep and making sure that that's something that we continue to work with and see manipulate. Because I've always been a terrible sleeper. It's probably because I have my the anxiety that I have, and even with medication, it's it's um it's still been tough for me to get real quality deep sleep, and that's really what I need in order for my body to recover. So that's just that's just a, a, a one thing but a major thing that we've tried to manipulate and work on is sleep
0: yeah yeah i think i by the way thank you very much for the kind words um i i'm aware that i am not the most <laughs> the the easiest person to to deal with uh in fact I, I i think all of episode three was essentially dedicated to you hogan and frankoski oh, I, li-
2: I listened to that <laughs>
0: It was, it was you three guys, essentially, that that conversation was prefaced off of. How about of,
2: fight, fighting, Hogan?
0: <laughs> where, where a personality like mine is very difficult to deal with, and I need to learn how to phrase things. So, Kevin, uh, thank you for putting up with me. But to your credit, I mean, with a guy that you say like, hey, I have a Wi-Fi personality, if you're not within Wi-Fi range, right? Like, it's, it's tough to get in touch. Totally agree. Yeah. But you – That's a great way to put it. Yeah, but we text virtually every single day and a day that we do not text seems like a lonely day to me. So yeah. we, we do a very good job of, of keeping the communication um, and, and building that rapport and constantly developing and growing the relationship. I think those are very important things. But the most important thing, there's two things I think that I did for you that I genuinely think changed, changed the path of your career and your life. One was the debilita- debilitating back pain. I really think that was linked to a big part of your anxiety, depression, as well as your ability to stay healthy within the season. Um, and Everything also, was just off. It was just... Yeah, it's, yeah. Abs- absolutely. And the other thing, sleep. Um, when, when I first met him, he was getting four minutes of deep <laughs> sleep a night. Uh, so I looked at it. I said, No wonder the poor fucking guy's going crazy. No wonder he's he's depressed. No wonder no wonder you you, you could you can see what the hell's because mental health healing occurs in the fucking sleep, and this guy isn't getting any of it. So the tweaks we made. What did we do? It wasn't anything outrageous, but hey, limit limit the wine before bed, right? We we cut at first for a while. We cut cut out all wine whatsoever. And then once you started getting a handle on things, we were able to reintroduce it here and there, and it didn't have as big of an impact. But we right. made sure to prioritize sleep as best as possible. So whatever was going to – And didn't we switch up your your second to last meal and your last meal, where your last meal originally was huge, a huge steak, and then I said, switch it up, do the salmon, smaller piece of salmon, and do the huge steak two meals before, right? Also, yeah, like post-game post meal as well because mm. –
2: you know, there's not much you can do with that, but, yeah. um, you know, we, we tried to to keep it as, I mean, like vegan-based, plant-based as we could so my body could break it down before I went to sleep. Because I, whenever I go to sleep, I feel like most people with a, a heavy stomach like that, they're typically not going to get great deep sleep or great yep. sleep, quality sleep overall. But mm-hmm. uh, I think another thing we ne- manipulated was, um, again, outside of the game day, because I, I like to have caffeine when I'm, you know, going to perform like 45, 60 minutes out from, from getting on the floor, uh, was limit that, uh, you know, to early afternoon. And even at Aura right now, they're like, cut it off at 11, have your second coffee. And I've been trying to do that, and I feel actually much, much better. And that's hard for me. It's just like the wine was hard for me. Yeah. Because that's like my vice is I, I just I, – I'm a huge coffee snob, Portland, Oregon guy, a huge wine snob. Um And that was something I was just like, I'd I'd rather, I'd rather perform. I'd rather, you know, you know, my, my muse praying to my muse, which is basketball. Like I I had to do right by the game and the game will always, you know, Mm -hmm. back to you if you just
0: chase it and you put whatever it is into it. So, so to segue into it, um, with, with the anxiety, with the mental, the mental health stuff that, that you're, I mean, everywhere for, you can't, you can't look any which way without seeing Kevin Love mental health. I mean, you're fucking killing it. And both you and McCourty are up for the Muhammad Ali, uh, humanitarian oh. of the year award, right? Like that's, that's, that's fucking sweet. You know, that's, that's an awesome, that's a huge honor. Using like,
2: that You have such great character client. I'm kidding.
0: Anyway. <laughs> no, sit, bro. I, I am, I am so, so, so incredibly fortunate to be around, guys of high character like you and like the McCourty brothers that do so much for communities, so much for families, so much for, for entire, I, dude, people like you can change the, the paths of people's existence, the entirety of their existence, just based off of certain, I mean, coping ne- mechanisms that you're posting on the Kevin Love Fund uh, page, right? What What is it at Kevin Love Fund? Is that, is that what the, right? Dude, it, it, Said, just uh, yeah, just, just just those coping strategies that you're posting in those little boxes can change the 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 paths of people's lives if they just do this breathing thing. And then you guys are also did uh, stuff with Headspace. You do so much stuff to benefit people that you don't realize the 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 impact that you're genuinely making on generations mm-hmm. of of children and adults. That is humongous. So regardless of however you're feeling throughout your day, I mean, you need to understand, bro, I, I am helping change lives. You're, you're helping the betterment of society and, and, and everyone around you is benefiting because of your existence. That is a very important thing for you to understand. Like it's, it it should feel good. That is fucking awesome, bro. I'm so proud to be associated with you
2: yeah i appreciate it no i think the it's funny you say that because when i am having a a a rough day and it's it's you know looking very meek or 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 just dark you know because that cloud for me can come quick and and stay but i just remember like it sounds you know you know cliche or it sounds like a, a fluff piece but for me seriously like i think about because it is such a nothing i don't think anything robs you more of your human potential than having mental illness and and feeling hopeless like i think at the root of all anxiety depression mental illness is is you know that that fear of hopelessness like i have a meaningless future or like there's there's nothing that is going to provide me happiness or there's nothing that's going to provide me a a a full life in the future but like even my i always say like my agent I, i was gonna jeff schwartz i was gonna press send uh, you know the following morning when I was gonna expose like that I was doing with these things and he said, All right, I I, I get it. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Cause everybody's gonna know about it. I'm like, yeah, whatever, Jeff, maybe. But he's like, okay, I get it. Like you could just if you can help just that 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 next person, that's gonna be like that's gonna be big time. That's gonna be huge. That's I totally get it. So, you know, did that and like the community around around it in the last two years just diving into you know every this all-encompassing mental health you know fight in America and across like it's the numbers continue to trend in an awful way in America and with COVID-19 and everything that's going on in America now it will continue to Mm -hmm. and mental health services and it's not going to be funded well at all already wasn't but no, I think it, it just it allow it really makes me feel like life after basketball is going to be um, you know have a chance to really make major impact. And while you said like McCordy brothers and I, I don't feel like I've done enough to like deserve anything with like Muhammad Ali surrounding it. You know, it's like it's those type of names and the people that have won before. It's just like okay, let me like let me put in like ten, twenty, thirty years of work to in order to achieve that sort of thing. But it is obviously super humbling to be to be mentioned um, even in the same breath breath as as those guys doing great work and everybody that's uh, you know up for the award but um, I think it's a it's a really interesting space to to absorb and to keep learning about and um, I don't know I, I love it I find it fascinating I really do and I think that's that's what allows me to continue to learn about it too because if i wasn't like really i'm like oh i have this thing and i'm dealing with it like i'll do it on my own terms it it makes me feel really good to 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 give back and i never know that i never knew that the thing that made me feel the worst would make me feel great giving back towards
1: yeah that's powerful for sure kev do you think that the the anxiety can you know, you you suffer so, so or can suffer so extreme from it is because you obviously do go through these very big highs. I mean, winning a a championship, you know, winning a gold medal, you know, having all these fans call out your name. I mean, your highs are probably higher than most people can ever dream of. So then any deviation from that can be quite a drop. Do you understand what I mean? Like, how do you sort of manage with that that's going on?
2: So I, I do actually, I think I said, I I was uh, listening to this book uh, by this guy called John Moe, funny name. And he has a podcast called The Hilarious World of Depression. He has a book uh, that I read called The Hilarious World of Depression. I actually sent this, I think, same sentiment to Mike because I made, again, big notes in my phone, right? And I talked about that exact thing. Let me find it. Um, Oh, I just wrote down like, because my idea was like, I'm just going to achieve my way out of it. And I said, you can't achieve yourself out of this. You get used to a new version of normal. That novelty wears off. And you're left with the same brain you've always had. And that's when depression emerges from dormancy. Like, it's, it's so true. And then my anxiety is something that and my gnosis too like it just lives even with medication as well it's helped soften it and and i've i've with therapy i've changed my relationship with it and everything that i do to kind of offset it but it just lives in the pit of my stomach right now like it just it's something that will i i have come to terms with will never fully go away it just won't you know, will there be something in the future that that will do that for other people? I I certainly hope so. But for me, I just am like, it's never gone away. It will never go away. Um, and then, as far as uh, you know, the depression goes. Yeah, I think that having those such immense, crazy, crazy highs and then coming back down to normal, like your your my expectations would be flawed or jaded, or I would. My mind wasn't in the correct place in order for me to deal with it And then I wasn't I didn't want to share it with anybody. I didn't want anybody to know I felt like I had to hide and then Then I had full my whole life. I feel like I've had like that imposter theory, right? Like I don't deserve any of this like I I know if I think I suck I must suck or if I have one bad game It lasts, you know in my mind for three weeks as opposed to one good game and the next day I have to do it again so in, it's funny because in, in in a lot of ways, it's allowed me to be where I am today and, and, and grow and use it to my advantage, but it's also my, my worst enemy as well. That's why I have, you know, I'm going to be fully gray by the time I'm 35. Uh, but it's super, super complex. And I think that's a great question because people are just like, well, if I get to this next thing, or I, I achieve this or I get this this either any line of work it's relative like I get this new car I get this new promotion I get it's like it, it doesn't quite work like that if you don't do the work on yourself like those highs will be even I think more more uh have more substance if you take care of your brain prior like I've I look back it's funny like I I won't even watch like game seven of the finals when we won because I was in such a bad play. I'm like, I don't want to revisit it. I was in such a bad place. And uh, there have been times in my life people are like, oh, you wouldn't change a thing. I'm like, I, was, I, was talking, I would change things. Like, I, I wish I would have had the presence of mind earlier to to deal with this so my life could have been full of more happiness and joy and been, you know, when I reached the the, the pinnacle or reached the top that I could have enjoyed it more. So, um yeah, looking back, it can sometimes uh, – I've allowed myself to, to to be happy and have happy memories, but in my selective memory, it turn, typically is like when you're trying to go to sleep at night, when you're like, all right, I'm just going to go to sleep, and you think about like the last 10 years and the worst things that have happened to you during that time. That's kind of how my mind works because it, it's just the way it goes. But yeah, it's it's a really – I know it's all over the place, long-winded that answer, but that's, that's a super complex, um, yeah, thought that I've had and been trying to kind of wrestle with and, and figure out what makes the most sense because I'm sure there's a ton of people, a ton of people that deal with it like that. And that imposter theory of like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no good or I'm a bad person or I'm a fraud. Like, Oh, these people are going to figure me out, but there's nothing to figure out. I had, that's the other thing. Sorry. I got to keep going here. Keep going. Keep going. going.
0: Kev, this is fucking awesome. Keep going. I,
2: it was like when I'd, now now i walk around i'll say this i used to go to like when i was young i used to go to say like a shit, whatever chain whatever chain restaurant i'd go there and there'd be six people in there at lunchtime, right and i wasn't really i was a you know a great high school player at the time but i'd go in there and i'd be like they're gonna they're gonna you know am i doing something wrong or what if they take pictures of me and i say something but like i was just being me like good character good person like really super respectful to every you know everybody that's working there but I would just get so I would start sweating and get so worked up that like I was going to get found out or somebody was going to you know open up this you know can of worms that that was going to you know make me a fraud and I wasn't going to make it to the NBA like this was the cycle in my brain that I was making up and this self-talk and this imposter I just couldn't like get I couldn't get out of my own way and it wasn't until it's like and it's funny to say now what I was gonna say at the beginning is now I walk around New York City like it doesn't matter like and people in New York are great too because they're just like what's up Uh, come in the mix come to come to Brooklyn whatever but that like I always wanted that in it like that anonymous feeling, or just be able to walk around, but now I'm like okay, I'm not going to escape that, and with the mental health stuff pro- the profile likely will will get bigger, and more people will want to talk to me, but like oh, I've allowed myself to be so much more comfortable in my own skin by like admitting who I am and what I deal with and like I'm very thankful for that. I just wish in hindsight I would have had the the uh I, like i said presence of mind to go to therapy earlier and deal with it and have you know all of these things, but you know it's easy to say that now. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and connecting the dots. I mean, you can really only do that looking back. But it's uh, yeah, there's so. I mean, this is like I could go hours and hours and hours talking about this, but it's 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 actually pretty cool too, learning about it and what, seeing where you can help.
1: Yeah, I think, and you know, one of the things that you were mentioning about how this is mental health is sort of continuing to spiral out. I mean, I I mean, you know please feel free to to put in your opinion, but I feel like anxiety is something that that, that everybody experiences because it's just, a, it's part of the human experience, you know, and it's, you get varying degrees of it for sure. But I mean, in general, I think it's something that everyone can certainly relate to. Um, if you don't mind me asking, Kev, has, has it always been something you've suffered with or has there been like certain events or a collection of events which sort of, it sort of accumulated into creating Sort of the the anxiety, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, I think uh, the anxiety is just always. I mean, there's varying levels, but as far as like I mentioned earlier, that that pit of the stomach feeling is always there, mm. always there, always there, always there. And um, from
1: as from as long as you can remember, you you grew
2: up like this. Yep. As far as I can remember, looking back, and then the depression aspect, it's it's definitely varying degrees because there's a hundred percent there's things that can set it off and you know being from uh the pacific northwest i think you know there's uh, um uh you know the 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 seasons and it being rain and uh, you know the seasonal affective disorder and always being dark that just escalates it and and puts it at a different level even more than it would have been Sure. sure so and i think you know when you're you're in high school everything see it's so like nearsighted you're not like looking I mean, in some ways I was looking at basketball, but if like something happens, you know, it's the it's the, the end of the world. Like that that was also how I felt. And but then there was some times where like I don't know why I would go into three weeks of not being able to, you know, wanting to be quiet or staring at my the ceiling in my room or only come out when I was like with my absolute best friend or friends and basketball and I had to go to school, but other than that I just I would wall myself off and shut myself off from everybody. But as I think, uh, you know, being having that that isolation and being by myself, I was like, I'm I'm good by myself. But that was when I would run into the the biggest problems. It was when my mind would just go down this slippery slope, and I I could I it could last months at a time. I feel like, and sure. obviously some weeks weeks worse, and in some cases way worse than others, but. Um yeah, there's definitely definitely moments in my life, whether it be relationships, family, uh, you know, uh, you know, business, uh, my profession, like different things that have that have, yeah, set me off for sure. And those moments of like major depression, which is like over two, three, four weeks, um, have, yeah, really, really took their toll. It was really between like my the worst that got was like my third. And I think like seventh year in the league, like that was prime, like, I mean, really, really serious bouts there. Like it was, that was, yeah. And there was a number of things that, you know, manipulated that and um, it was tough, tough to come through.
1: I wonder how much, you know, and now in hindsight too, I wonder how much basketball was kind of your your way of, of coping with that. And maybe, you know, being sort of very self-therapeutical and allowing yourself to, to, to almost lose yourself in it. And I wonder how much that drove you into becoming the fantastic player that you are today.
2: Yeah. I think <laughs> inside I've talked to Mike about this too. It was like when I was young, especially my, my, my early twenties, I'd say my off season was harder, way harder than, uh, and I mean this not in a good way. I mean, like I, I was put into work, but it was pound, 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 pound. And it was, yeah, definitely a form of therapy still is. That's why, like, when we finally opened up, um, uh, you know, our, excuse me, what am I trying to say here? Our courts and our, uh, facility where we practice facility. Thank you. When we finally opened up our facility, um, it was so therapeutic to just even get into the gym and just shoot jump, like shoot jumpers. Like it was so, cause that's always been my safe space. And that's when, when I had a major moment, like so public and on a court, like in my safe space at the arena, at Quick at, at and Loans Arena here, which is now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Um, it was like, it was almost like it was ripped away from me. I couldn't go any place without, you know, having, having, you know, people, you know, are they going to out me? Are they going to be speaking about, you know, these, you know, this event and what I'm dealing with? Are they going to like, is it going to be public? Like, oh shit, this is my time. I'm going to be, they're going to out me as a fraud or like something. And so basketball, yes, always, always been my safe space, always something that I could dive into. And uh, in some ways, like early on, like I said, in my career, I was just, I was going so hard during the off season that, you know, I would almost either burn out or it would take a toll on my body at some places through the season. So I've had to find ways to channel energy into like, uh, you know, therapy on and off, off the floor as well. Like just really give everything to my body and try to get the, the most out of it. Um, because, you know, so long as I have this to, to you know get my mind off of things and get away from it and take care of my body, I can always go to the basketball coordinator to do that.
0: So you've made a couple hundred million dollars in your career, right? Your contracts, you 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 had a 100 million dollar contract with the Cavs and then you got a 100 plus million dollar contract extension not including whatever the hell you made as a fifth overall pick. Didn't it buy you happiness? No. Uh,
2: you know, there's uh, varying degrees of problems that that come with that. I think it definitely it definitely helps and i'm not saying it doesn't it allows for uh i guess more freedom than you might otherwise have had um but it it really doesn't like i mean mike we could talk at length about this like the 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 problems that it served me away from the, the floor but um I just like reinvesting it and putting it into my fund as well, I think, is is in that way. Yeah, the money has been great seeing the impact that it's had, even in these early stages. But I always look at things in terms of I think what's what's how much how money does buy happiness is it can buy you more time. And I mean that is like time's not elastic. You can't stretch it, but in some ways, like if if you you know, have a major event or you, you know, I wish I would have had, you know, looking back, like my grandma passing was a major, major moment in my life that I never dealt with. I never grieved and set set myself into a spiral a couple of years later and still like dealing with that. But if I just would have, you know, spent the money to like fly private, that would have saved me. I would have had five, six, seven, eight extra hours with my grandmother, like, you know, before she passed or like you know allows you to you know maneuver places like you know where i have the most anxiety is airports because i'm i lose my control of like i can't get out of this or i can't get out of i i'm fine with flying but it's like being you know in this little bubble with people that i don't know and i've had bad experiences with like me sleeping and people taking photos of me while i'm doing that or like you know grabbing my bag and looking through my stuff it's just like really really odd things that uh you know happen when you're when you are a public figure I think it money sometimes allows you to just have a, a little bit extra time but as far as like it being a commodity I would take time over money you know a hundred times out of a hundred because like you can always always make more money but you can't make more time and that's what I mean about it being elastic like it, it just it, that's the way it works and yeah I mean I think as far as that that Achievement feeling like oh I got this big contract and and I talked a lot more about especially when I signed that last extension which was four years I talked m- way more about this and you were you were around that was uh, or you had listened to that Mike was that you know I'm more worried about getting to like 15 years in the NBA or 20 years in the NBA than I'm than I am that oh I've made this much money you know, or this much money out of it. Like it's something that comes along and you consider it, but I'm like, okay, how do I make it to year 16? How do I make it to year 17? What do I need to do to do that? It's just a never ending process that I'm obsessed with. And I love, like that process is always better and more means more to me than the actual like end goal. It's almost, you know, there's a study on happiness. Mike, we've talked about this. Like if when you're a little kid, after thanksgiving happens all you're thinking about is christmas so every day you had this hit of like you know adrenaline endorphins dop- dopamine everything right like leading up to uh christmas day and what you're gonna have a meal you're gonna open presents that like that's like okay the meal's an hour the presents take 20 minutes i was a shit kid so i just ripped up everything so like all those days leading up to that event mean are so meaningful and mean so much and like oh you're going and then you go on christmas break you know then like the day comes and yeah it's joyful it's it's great but i'll take the accumulation of all those other days over that little spike that i had and that's how i've learned to think about my life is just to fall in love with the process the process is the most fun the, the best thing out of it it's like when we see results in the gym it's like that's why we put in the work that's why we put in the work so that you go out there, you do your work early, and you go out there and perform. Like it will give it back to you, and that's why I mean that's truly why I love the game.
1: So, oh, go go, Brooke, go.
2: No, I, got, I
1: mean I was just gonna gonna say. I mean, you know, it's nice to hear guys, you know, in your sort of status, always saying, you know, the journey to the top is better than being at the top. Yeah. And you know, one other thing that I got told once from someone very fantastic in my opinion was that money just amplifies so if kev was starting from a place of anxiety and imposter syndrome when you get a hundred million dollars you think i'm a really big fucking
2: imposter (laughs) you (laughs) You know know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's a good way that that's definitely uh, yeah it's a good way of putting it it's funny like these are why I, i love having these conversations too is because even with people who other than the people who are like, well, just get over it. And it's like, okay, well, you've never dealt with anything to But, like, people that are really interested or, or see things in a different way or from different walks of life or, you know, we're, we're starting to work with at, at my fund a lot of, like, underprivileged, underserviced communities that aren't, you know, that are dealing with are already, uh, you know, so, so many discrepancies, whether they come to, uh, uh, you know, like, You know health reform and like making sure that they're taken care of and having pre-existing health conditions like okay so that's gonna affect their mental health in a big way as well but like that I think that hearing that from them and their that entire process is is for me is really like fun to see and seeing where we can help and that's what I mean about the the money aspect too is like yeah you know in some ways it's like okay yeah money can make you happy sometimes you just have to give it away but like I see when it's, when you see what comes out of it on the other side, and like I said, even in this short amount of time, it's really cool. It's really really cool.
0: So, one thing that I actually love uh, about anxiety and my anxiety is it keeps me on my fucking toes, and it keeps me hungry. And it keeps me wanting to fucking achieve more. So you, you even said one of my best and worst qualities is the fact that I'm meticulous and it, it, I have to know. Yeah. I flat out have to know the right answer to this. And that's, I mean, that's, that's my curiosity. That's my natural curiosity of, of wanting to understand things. But it's also like part of, part of my fucking psychosis where no, I, I flat out need to know this answer. And if I don't know this right, like I, if I don't get this, right, to the best of my ability, I have no business giving this information. I have no business charging someone for this type of information. It is my responsibility. If I don't know, to find someone that knows and to find someone that, that can help me make this job that much better because that's why I am who I am. Otherwise, I am an imposter because I suffer from imposter syndrome too. Like what? For, for so many years, people have been asking me, Mike, for, for, since, since I started a gym, people have been telling me to start a podcast. Since I started, since I opened my own gym, people like start a podcast. I said, no, no, no. I don't know enough. People have been wanting me to lecture. I've, I've been, I've been asked to lecture all over the world. I, what the hell am I going to lecture about? I feel like I'm the world's biggest fucking imposter. So that, that resonates with me. That mm-hmm. being said, my anxiety, that, that it, that's what drives me. And some of the most successful people I yeah. have ever met do not sleep. And it's not, oh, money don't sleep. nothing No, these motherfuckers wish they could sleep. They, they don't sleep. They wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Why? Uh, they're, they're just thinking, hey, they got to start the day. Uh, what, you know, it, it's, it's a compulsive behavior. They're constantly fucking hungry. And what are they hungry for? These guys are already worth a billion dollars. Are they trying to make two billion? Who knows? Whatever's driving them is driving them. And money isn't the reason. Because, I mean, right now, I'm taking 31 hours worth of classes a week and I'm working over 40 hours a week, right? Well, Vicky, my, my, my girlfriend's like, ah, you know, this is, this is just to who you are. And I said, no, 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 once I'm done with school, things will calm down, she said, no. Those 31 hours are just gonna go to something else because that's who you are, right? I have 40 hours of work a week, I have 31 hours of class a week, and then I, then I decided to fill up some leftover time with doing a podcast twice a week, right? So it doesn't matter what amount of time I have, I'm gonna fill it, why? It's, it's who I am. That's part of my anxiety. That's part of my, my shit. So mm. dude, this is, I mean, as bad as it is for us, uh, th- remember Lincoln's melancholy. We read Lincoln's melancholy. Last I, I was
2: just going to say that too. Like it drove him into amazing, amazing things. That book is, is great. Cause it's, it's, it's data. It's, you know, the science and the data, but it's also, you know, it, it tells an amazing story of one of the most like, yes polarizing but like great people in american history and one of our great presidents in american history and what he really dealt with on a daily basis and how it drove him into these great things but i think also too for 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 me and for a lot of people that uh, you know deal with you know the anxiety or depression and and they can get a lot out of themselves is because like we put i said this in this commencement speech that i did uh speaking of apostrophe, but i like we, we, we dangle that carrot, like, just outside of what we consider success. So we have to keep going. We have to keep going. We have to keep just squeezing whatever we can out of that lemon. Like, we have to continue to have forward progress. And if if I don't have a day where I don't feel like I've done that, I – will feel like an imposter. I'll have even more anxiety. It's a slippery slope for me. So like, I always just put it right outside of what I consider success. It wasn't until like a year ago, maybe, or 18 months ago, where I was finally like, okay, you've done some good things. Like it has taken me that long to give myself any bit of credit. And still I disregard and play down anything that that I've, I've done. And it's going to be the same thing when it comes to uh, you know the Kevin like what I'm doing in, in, in mental health or any business because I always feel like it, it can be more We could do more we can affect more we can create more change like I can I can I can score better here I can it, just even the you know, little things although the, the micro things all the way up to the the, the biggest things the thing that, ma- that Matter most in life. It's just a never-ending process
1: and I think it's so important because that's how we evolve and that's yeah. how we continue to keep getting better but I mean it's just the acceptance that every quality about your personality there's a blessing and a curse to it. It's just the way you frame it, right? Like Mike, me and you, we did uh, that the Big Five personality test, right? We're basically mm-hmm. the same apart from one neuroticism. And I'm like second, and withdrawal. I'm at like second percentile, and Mike is up all the way up the other end, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 But there's a blessing and a curse to both of that. It's not only good, right? On both sides of the spectrum, you know? And it's just the way you got to frame it. And I think just accepting that, I mean, Kev, right? You've had terrible times, no doubt. They come, they rose, they passed away. You've had the best times in your life. They come, they rose, they passed away. It's all ways moving. And I think the, the struggle is always when you feel like you're stuck and you lose like your mind plays the trick on you, like, this is not going to end. I think that's then the, the key, right? And sort of understanding that it is going to pass. It's just literally just a matter of time. Um, what's been the, 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 the sort of gems it through all of the different therapy that you've done or from your own reading or from just your own wisdom that you've, that you've learned through your life that, you know, sort of keep you going and keep you at bay and, you know, just keep you progressing in life? What have been the, the little snippets?
2: Uh, the best thing for me, you know, it's funny. Like you, you think of like Robert E. Green, like forty laws of power, and never, never say more than necessary. And like what, you know? But I'm like, for for me, in terms of in this area of my life, I always say like you can't you can't heal what you don't reveal, and what you never reveal, you just that that's that's there's no healing process in that. And for me, like living my life outwardly and being like, hey, this is what you guys deal with. That's allowed me to. Be like, you know, here we are cursing. i like, fuck it. Like, this is just what you get. And that's allowed me to be so much more comfortable in my own skin. And that bigger, like, that bigger sense of community and knowing where the numbers are and, and allowing for, for you know, kind of – I was I was ready to fall on my own sword for to, to help people. Like, I don't know what – I didn't know how the, the NBA was going to respond. My team, front office, like, was I going to get a – you know, paid again. And, and fortunately, I, you know, they through and through everybody, uh, you know, really, really had my back, but it's allowed for, you know, you mentioned that community, like in the NBA, you can scale up, you can, you can, you know, put out a message. And if you do a PSA to the tens of millions of people, maybe even hundreds of millions of people, and how many of those are kids? So like, you think about, when it comes to, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, anxiety, acute anxiety, depression, so on and so forth, like mental illness, like 50% are, are diagnosed by the age of 14 and 75% by the age of 24. And like one in seven kids deal with And like half of those kids, one in seven, I believe, have a, uh, kids have a uh, mental health disorder and half of them go untreated. So like the early intervention is so key, so, so key. So um, I, I think with that early intervention, just talking about it and feeling like you're a part of like the winning side of history and like you're a part of something bigger than yourself and you have this common enemy, I think it can like really, really unite people. You're seeing it with, you know, COVID-19, how it's, it's, you know, progressed and people are are continuing to take care of each other. And, you know, with with everything that's going on with, with race in America and inequality in America, like it's, you see it everywhere. It's bringing everyone together. So like feeling like you have that common enemy and we're going to need it, especially coming out of this for multiple reasons. Like there's going to be so many, uh, you know, mental warfare and, and people dealing. I just read an article the other day. I think it was in, uh, uh, it wasn't New York times, but um I'm trying to think where it was, but it was saying that two-thirds of Americans now are, um, or one, excuse me, one-third of Americans now are dealing with both anxiety and depression. Like one-third. That's that's an insane number. How many millions of people? So that's a hundred million people, right? A little bit over north of that. So it just, it's it's just really, yeah, that's, that's really, really crazy. But that's, um, I, I guess, something that's, Really help me in words that I've lived by is just to like you know it doesn't matter who it is it doesn't have to be a professional it's just like you if you keep something in for so long it's going to be incredibly incredibly limiting like it's been so freeing for me to allow myself to continue to peel back layers and expose uh, these things and and a lot of times you have blinders on and people see things differently and and it allows you to like absorb what could be more more helpful for you. And I think that's helped me not only with my therapist, but some of my 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 best friends as well, in order to to say, you know, what do you what do you think of this idea or what you know, this is something that I've been dealing with for for this time, or this was a a huge moment in my life that sent me into a spiral. So like they people have different ways of of dealing with stuff and sometimes it can be applicable to to your life as well. So that's that's my what I say to younger kids too, like just be you're so susceptible to change and you're not alone especially young men too like you're not you're not alone and you're it's you're allowed to 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 be vulnerable and that's not like that's not soft at all like i always tell people like you are you think you know me dealing with this is like first of all it's not my choice but like oh i'm soft it's like all right let's get on the court then let's let's you know like i'm still the same me i'm still the same guy that i said earlier that you're gonna say like i gotta play this guy tonight like i got my hands full like i'm still that guy like, even more, like, evolve now. So uh, that's, yeah, long-winded again, but my, my best piece of advice I could give.
1: Solid, man. For me, it's, it's very much like the, you know, there's a lot of similarities to, like, the, 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 the hero's journey, you know? Like, you're going through all of this, you know, you're, 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 you're triumphing through, you know, challenge and everything that, of what you're being rewarded with, you're just giving back out. And, you know, I I don't know. It's really nice to see because, you know, your biggest difficulty is actually the thing that made you very, very special. And you're able to sort of diffuse it into others and help other people. And it's like, you know, you're worthy enough to hold that big stone on your shoulders. You know what I mean? And you're you're doing a great job. And it's really uh, a pleasure that, you know, that we know each other. It was great we got to meet. I know Mike's super proud to, uh, to be working with you. And thanks for everything that you're doing for everyone, man. It's great appreciate
0: that yeah yeah dude and and so we've we've definitely kept you long enough but i, I want to end on this so i i pulled up my scores for the big five personality traits so agreeableness i'm in the 50 percentile for compassion 93rd percentile politeness fourth percentile <laughs> Wait, the last part no again. Shit,
1: Sherlock,
2: <laughs> politeness.
0: I'm in the fourth percentile.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I feel like I'm the guy that's like, Hey, listen, you don't know him, he means well, <laughs> very direct. Like, yeah,
0: enthusiasm, 89th percentile, assertiveness, 88th percentile, neuroticism, 92nd percentile, withdrawal. 91st percentile volatility 89th percentile right like holy fuck those are the three three negative emotions right there the neuroticism like i'm, I'm terrified of shit that's going to happen withdrawal like the anticipatory anxiety and then the volatility once the shit happens man i get fucking hammered right like talk about a whirlwind but i mean that's those are our personality traits I, kev i would bet the house that yours will come out something similar to that yeah. and look at you and what you fucking accomplished and what you're going to continue to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, the mental health is like, these are, these are characteristics. These are traits, right? We just need to learn. And that's what the coping strategies are, right? How mm-hmm. can we channel this to become yeah, like,
2: Exactly say the same thing. How can you channel it? Yeah. 100%,
0: 100%. Nope. Like what's, what's your goal? My goal is to become a motherfucker. Like I want to know everything. -hmm. Like how am I gonna utilize this to know as much as I possibly can? Oh,
2: it's a weapon too. Like, and that's I think that's Mm -hmm. why I love that you like that's part of your curiosity too, being your weapon too, is like you 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 do the acupuncture in order to just add another weapon in order to help your clientele or help that athlete or get, okay, really fascinated in uh, you know, my these different channels on my body, or this is what's what I'm dealing with. Well, like let's try and manipulate this and help you this way so like you know we have the stretches we have the table work we have uh you know the the, the contrast we have the the oxygen uh, uh we have you know um uh you know we do varying degrees of like you know heat right like we use the the, the dry sauna try to get it as hot as we can and we maneuver that every time we're in new york right uh but we just have so many different ways that, that we work together but i think you being continuing to grow and and you know, like, screw. It. I mean, get results, right? Like, it's the personality thing. If people, if people take the time to 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 know one one another, like everybody's different in their own own right. Like, we're, I mean, nah, I wouldn't say polar opposites, but we're we're pretty we're pretty different. Grew mm-hmm. up in different areas or whatever, but it works because we both. I mean, it starts at respect, but we both are incredibly curious and and like when we're all in we're all in but i think that's great that's 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 what people are paying you for too is like hey i don't you know i i want to learn i want to be better i want to you know my body to to last like you have to know you have to have your own genius and that's why you're in the line of work you're in and you had like you hunger and love and thirst for 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 like that right answer like you have to be right i mean sometimes you're you know a little much, but that's why, we, that's why we love you, Mikey. But then the fact that you have to be right, like, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to, you know, I got to fact check that. You know, and I'm not so sure about that. Two days later, 24, hours, 48 hours later, come back and say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. Let me break it down for you. I was like, dude, I, I don't even remember that. Like, that, that was even wrong or that was a fact. He goes, yeah, I just had to get it right. It typically happens when we're post-workout and uh, we're doing our recovery or we're like, you know, in the sauna, again, that that heat response. But um, that's when we have to do a lot of fact-checking because that's when we have our best conversation.
0: Right on. So let's end it on that, Kevin. We love you. Thank you. Uh, Dude, I know how busy you are. I know how slammed you are. we we are so honored to have you on, bro. It means the world to us. Thank you so much, brother.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, fellas.
0: Good to see you, man. Take care, Kev.